Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I am Josh Anderson. In this episode, we will go through, or we'll just talk about a little about the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series. Uh, I have not been podcasting at all this summer. I have been kind of busy with a little one. Work's been insane with the amount of forcing, so... Uh, I was able to go to the Spring Creek National, and I, I should have been podcasting about that, but kind of didn't. That's my fault. Lost track of time and everything, but uh, you know how it goes. But uh, when we look at the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series, there are two rounds left, and um, I'll do a end of the year review, so this kind of will mix and match with that. But with uh, the NFL starting here shortly, uh, my podcasting will go up, obviously. Uh, the college football starts tomorrow. <clears throat> well, week zero started last week, but, uh, well, that was pretty awful watching Nebraska getting pretty much beat down by Illinois. I never once in my life did I ever think that Nebraska would ever lose to Illinois. But uh, tomorrow I will be watching the Gophers play number four rated Ohio State. So once college football took off, I will watch that. But uh, my uh, weekly NFL podcasts will be starting next week matchups and then review pods of that and so of that but in this podcast we will go through the lucas oil pro motocross series we will start right away with the 450 class and with uh two races to go dylan ferrandez is winning the championship he has five overall wins and well, he doesn't exactly win have the most moto wins this year. That belongs to Ken Roxon, but he has six moto wins. And as I just said, five overalls with 439 points. When you look at Dylan Ferrandez's year, it's not a Ken Roxon 2016 season. It's not any of the Ricky Carmichael seasons. It's not even a Ryan Dungey 20. 15 2012 or 2010 season when he just dominated it's been kind of it's been a very consistent year for dylan it's been a very impressive year for dylan especially when you look at his age he's going to be one of the oldest winning champions of the i think actually he might be i know eli was the oldest champion in 20 well let me rephrase that Zach Osborne was actually the oldest champion. I apologize. But Dylan Ferrandez might be the second oldest Lucas Oil Pro Motocross champion. Uh, either way, Dylan has been, uh, he'll get the bonus check for winning this season. And it will be, he has one year left on his contract. And he'll have, he'll exceed that, getting all the bonus checks, everything. So he's going to be paid as a champion. And it'll be interesting to see if Yamaha will keep him going into future years. And obviously Yamaha and Star is getting Eli Tomac for two years. So they're going to be stacked on at least on the 450 side. But either way, Dylan 
this season has been one of the only riders that has been able to move through the pack. When you look at Eli in 2017, 18, 19, he was the only rider that was able to move from the back to front. Obviously, this season, not really. Uh, it's kind of, it looks like he's kind of lost a step when you look at Eli. I'll get to him in a little bit. But looking at Dylan, he's kind of been the only one. Uh, beginning of the, the, his biggest weakness, and the reason why uh, when I did my preview podcast, why I didn't think he did, I didn't think he had a shot of winning this championship was because of his starts. But I didn't think that he was going to be able to go from the back to the front the way he did or what he does. So, but uh, overall, uh, overall, he has been amazing. And uh, as I said, the starts uh, earlier in the season, they just were not there. And uh, I will give credit where credit is due. His starts have been massively improved the rest of the year. He has, he, it, they are just amazing. So heading into 2022 Supercross for Dylan Ferrandis, you kind of have to look to his weaknesses, are starts, and you'll have to see if he is able to correct that, and that's going to hold him back because Cooper Webb and Ken Roxon are far superior starters to him when it comes to that, and actually they are better starters in motocross. It's just motocross he's been the better rider compared to those two so do i think dylan ferrandez will win the championship next season that is going to be an interesting it's just an interesting question because if ken roxon can make another year of development on the honda and if he can make another year of being healthy and another because they're roughly the same age, and if he has another good year with body development, I think Roxon, I think Roxon has a good op- opportunity to win the Supercross and Motocross Championship if Cooper Webb didn't uh, damage him mentally. So we'll just have to see if uh, what the development is development is on both riders and where Ferrandis is emotionally after winning the, his uh, first 450 outdoor championship because he's been kind of riding high. Uh, he's won multiple 250 now and, and a 450 championship. So number two in the points. And by the way, I do apologize for that dog barking. Dog barking. I had to go take care of that. So um, I just a very annoying dog that I have. Uh, number two in the points is Ken Roxon. When I did go to Melville, oh, by the way, so he has right now currently the most moto wins at seven. Uh, he actually has the second most overalls at two. When I was at Melville, it was uh, he the amount of speed that I saw in qualifying was just above and beyond the rest of the field. Uh, it was just a bummer to watch him crash at the uh, at turn at the first turn in moto one i do believe he probably would have won that or even uh, even uh, over barsha and then uh watching uh moto two when he was able to just beat the whole rest of the field 
when you look at how many points that cost him there, that's, I, I think, 25 points. That's realistically, you don't know if Washugal is going to go the way it goes. But he still might have been sick. But either way, it's just, it's just rough. He, he's still good enough to be second in points. And uh, this will be, when looking at second in points for him, he finished second in points in 2015 and uh, last year as well. So it's just, it's just one step closer. He just gotta, um, just gotta be another step above, and he can't have that poor, poor race in in the middle of the year. And overall, he he just has to win more. When you look at the championships that he's lost. I, you can't use the injury excuse now because he's kind of running a lot more. Uh, he's running more races now, and he has shown to be. Uh, I mean, he, I don't see shingles. I don't see any arm issues. You know, he looks fine. So when you look at him, uh, he just needs to win more. When you look at 2015 against, or 2015 and 2016 against Dungey. He did not win enough. And now you're looking at against Tomac and Cooper Webb and now Dylan Ferrandez. He is just not winning enough. And uh, Ken Roxon needs to realistically win. Uh, when, even when he, outside of the 2016 Motocross Championship that he won, the 451. That was the only championship that he uh, overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly won. The 2014 one, he he won that more. He did win the majority of the races, but only by a couple. But he, if it wasn't for that mutter in Indiana, I fully believe Dungey probably would have won that championship. He got fairly lucky at that one. And he got also lucky that uh, Tomac entered that championship. And also Trey Kennard. Other than that, uh, uh, Roxon, just keep building. And the question for him is, how much longer is he going to race? And how much longer does Honda want to pay that contract? And the reason why I ask that is they have Chase Sexton and they also have Jet Lawrence coming up. Now, Jet Lawrence is probably three years away uh, if... Now that's if Jet Lawrence wins the next two championships. You know there is competi- competition for Jet. You know he's got to face um, if he goes 250 West, he's probably going to face um, who in the West? Uh, Nichols. Uh, he's got to face or um, or Cooper, depending on who was over there. Uh, he also has to face uh, Forkner, who's rebuilding himself, who's won the most out of the class. Um, Either way, uh, it'll be interesting to see where, how many more years Roxon wants to race because he's always kind of put it out there that he doesn't want to do do this forever and he does have other interests and he does have a family now. So we'll just have to see. Uh, Eli Tomek, uh, third in the points. Uh, he has one overall win. He just did that in Indiana. Indiana, sorry. Uh, he has four moto wins, 
Now, uh, in my preseason pod, he actually was my uh, 450 pick. Uh, very disappointing there because it was between him and Adam Cincerello. And I felt that maybe Eli would come around and win this championship just based on pride. But two things. Um, well, my last pick or my last point was if Roxon was on fire and if he was back to normal, he would be very strong against Tomac. Well, that did happen. But the problem here is I didn't believe that Dylan Ferrandis would be where he's at. So uh, Tomac, uh, a okay season. He's going to finish third in the points. This is going to be his worst points finish since, um, well, obviously 2020. But uh, realistically, we're running a full 12 races, uh, 2014. I, I understand he wasn't really here the whole season but that year, but honestly, when you look at what the competition level is there, I think 20, this is his worst season since 2014. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what he does next year on Star Yamaha. He's probably going to be roughly the same rider at Supercross and Motocross, but does that elevate him at all to maybe winning the championship? But when it comes to Tomac at this point, it's realistically going to be about his starts. If he can figure out his starts, he he has a chance to possibly win a championship. But if he again, if he he's got the same problem as Ferrandis, if he doesn't figure out his starts, figure out his starts in Supercross, he, he doesn't have the chance. Fourth in the points is uh, Chase Sexton. Uh, Chase has one overall win and uh, one modal win this season. Uh, Sexton, rough start to the season. Uh, kind of not good starts. Found himself in pileups. And that was kind of, it was a little bit rough for him. It, it It's kind of, uh, when you listen to other podcasts, you always listen about his smooth style that he has. And it's wonderful to watch. But, uh when you watched him in Supercross, he has incredible speed. He has Cincerello level type of speed. It's just a matter of can he channel it into consistent race wins. And lately, he's been kind of, uh, after that uh, good start, he got that one race win. Other than that, it's been a roughly top fives ever since there. The funny thing is, is actually when you look at his average finish, it's fifth. So that's when you look at Chase Sexton. He's number five. So uh, Chase Sexton, looking at him, when you look at his motocross future, uh, he's going to have to. He, he is extremely young. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because he's going to, he's featuring the tail end of the Ferrand. I mean, I understand that Ferrand is is at the scene right now, but he's going to be at the tail end of Ferrandis, Roxon, uh, and Muscan Air, and Barsha. And so he's actually going to be at a good spot when he gets, he's going to be in more entering in the 22, 23, 24, 25 age realm. He's going to be in a good chance of winning a championship. And because when he is entering his prime years, that is when the Jet Lawrence, the Shimodas, 
the McAdoo's of the world are going to be entering in the class. So he should, I think he does have a chance of winning multiple Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championships just because of the way his age bracket is. It's just going to be a matter of can he stay healthy within those years. Number five is Cooper Webb. Uh, it's been a very disappointing year for Cooper Webb. Uh, he made a point that he finally changed the frame in the last race. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of diehard people out there. I think some people have been saying that, you know, he's won a 20, he's won a 250 motocross championship. He's good at motocross. Well, finally, in a Racer X, Racer X interview, he kind of finally admitted that he needs to work on his motocross skills because uh, Supercross comes more easier for him. And in reality, you could kind of see that because when they did the more open stadium or when they did the more open faster pace uh faster pace supercross races cooper webb struggled at that when they did the more tighter supercross races cooper webb was or more traditional supercross races cooper webb was on top of his game and you know what there's nothing wrong with that if you're more of a supercross guy that's fine uh that's you know what um the sport is generated more towards Supercross. Um, you know, if uh, uh, it, it's one of those things where that kind of eliminates you for being, uh, unfortunately for Cooper Webb, I, I hate to say this, if you're not going to win uh, a Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship, that eliminates you from being a the greatest one of the greats of all time discussions it, it, it kind of does uh, it takes you out of the Villapotos, the dungies the stewards the carmichaels it takes you out of that discussion at all the only way that you can maybe be in that discussion is if you go on some tear and win five straight and win jeremy mcgrath levels but because you are not, you, I, I can't even equate you in that development. So either way, uh, with the frame train changes that he admitted, uh, he did look better. But uh, uh, the other thing that he needs to do is maybe he should uh, train for motocross a lot sooner. He stated that uh, he took a couple of weeks off before the motocross season started and i understand that you kind of want to celebrate the supercross season but uh he was getting his ass completely kicked at the beginning of the motocross season and it wasn't even close and he is going to be about two at the end of the season he could be roughly 200 points behind Ken Roxon and Dylan Ferrandez. Right now, he's almost 100. Actually, he is 110 points behind Roxon right now. And that's how bad his season is going. So, and, that, and by the way, Roxon's in second points, or second place, by the way. So, uh, it's just disappointing when you see, but 
when you look at the champions, when you look at you know the last champion of Supercross and or the Supercross champion to win motocross was Ryan Dungey in 2015. Other than that, it's been a while. So that's kind of frustrating when you want to see all-time greats and for somebody just to just party it up and not even train for motocross is kind of frustrating to me. Uh, sixth is Marvin Muskan. Uh, I. Well, first of all, he tested positive for COVID at Indiana. Um, uh, Steve Mathis uh, stated that uh, his contract has been signed, so he should be coming back. I'm assuming next year might be his last year. A uh, couple things about him. Uh, I'm assuming, like I said, his season is done. And then I don't know what happened in the 2021 season. I, I honestly thought that this season was going to be better uh, just because uh, when you look at the tail end of the Supercross season that he he was at, he, he won a race. Now, I thought maybe Cooper Webb kind of laid up a little bit and maybe probably could have ran it in a little harder and won that race, but Marvin won that race and was looking like he was going to be competitive into this pro motocross season. Well, that wasn't the case, and he was never, never on top at all. His average finish was 8.8, his average qualifying was 6.7, and his average start was 8.5. I, I remember a couple of races at the beginning of the year, he had an okay start, but he was shuffled back right away and he was never on the pace I, it was it was kind of sad it was really really sad really I have never seen that before for Marvin and it was just like I, I, I don't know if I really want to see him next season but uh, maybe next year will be his like uh, f farewell season in America and uh, we'll see Number seven is Justin Barsha. We haven't seen him in a little bit since his practice crash, but uh, he was having a great race, or a great season. Great season. He had a one win and a one uh, moto win this season. Uh, he was at least third in points right before he got hurt. Uh, he won Millville when I was there. He had a great epic win over Dylan Ferrandez. Holding him off. That was a. It was one of the greatest races that I ever saw in person. And then Moto Two, even though he got second place, uh, he was able to keep pace with Ken Roxon during that entire race. But um, it will it will be the second year with uh, Gas Gas, so we'll just have to see where Barsha is with that team in year two. Eighth place is Aaron Plessinger. He is injured a little bit. He's tried to race the last two races, but he's kind of DNF'd and DNF'd the last couple of races just because of his whiskey throttle into basically landing right on his ribs. So get well soon, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, it sounds like uh, we will, October 1st, a month from now, we will get all those announcements on which who's on whose team so hopefully uh, we'll find out that Aaron Plessinger will be moving to the uh, Red Bull KTM team ninth place is Christian oh by the way Aaron Plessinger great year for him 
I believe he probably would have won at least one race if he didn't get hurt. He was able to keep pace with Ken Roxon a lot of the season. Uh, will be interesting to see where he where he does on that new bike. Ninth place is Christian Craig. Uh, he was out for Indianapolis because he uh, Indianapolis in or just sorry uh, uh, Indianapolis motocross uh, because the uh, practice crash or sorry I mean sorry the week before crash um, he was having an okay season for motocross he was hanging in there uh, obviously he is getting up there in age so uh, I'm assuming next year will be his final year in a 250 class no matter what. Uh, 10th place is Joey Savacci. Uh, he's having an okay season. It, I don't know what's going to happen with him and his contract status. Uh, right now, 11th place is Max Anstey, who uh, missed uh, Indiana because of COVID. Sounds like he is going to go to the Rocky Mountain KTM team. KTM team. So that might mean Joey Savacci is out. But um, uh, I was listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast today, and they said that it might be a three-man team. But there are rumors that they were having a hard time um, paying Blake Baggett. So if you're having a hard time paying people, why would you add another writer? Um, 12th place is Adam Censorello. He was... He had one moto win on the season. He is getting surgery and trying to get that done. Uh, he crashed out at Millville. Again, the race I was at. Just a, just a tough season for him on both ends. Never came in healthy for Supercross. And missed most of that season and injured again. Uh, when he comes into the season next year, he will be the number one rider for that team. And... Uh, well, Jason Anderson will be two, but for Adam, he will have to step up. It is going to be a contract year, and all eyes will be on him to fill the shoes of Eli Tomac. Uh, 13th place is Dean Wilson. Uh, Dean Wilson is now done for the year. Uh, from when listening to Swap Mode Live, sounded like Dean Wilson is probably going to resign for the Husqvarna team. It will be I, nothing's official yet, but hopefully he's able to sign. He's a solid dude, dude, and has a social following, and hopefully he gets that Epstein Bar stuff taken care of and ready to go for the 2022 season. It sounded like last time I listened to the Pulp and X show that he wanted uh, two years left, two years. Two years left on to ride. Uh, number 14th place is Justin Bogle. When it comes to Bogle, I don't know where he's going next year. He might need a second, third, or even fourth tier team if he wants to continue. Uh, it hasn't been good, has not been a good year at all. He's kind of, I think, uh, concussions have finally worn him out. Um, I don't think it's going to get any better. So. Uh, we'll have to see if uh, he's able to find a team or maybe potentially be a fill-in rider uh, for 2022. Uh, 15th, 15th place is uh, Brandon Hartraft. Uh, he's had a solid season. Um, even though he's on the HEP team and he's on the Suzuki, he has gotten 
uh, better results every year. And that's basically what you're looking for. And right now, he is actually in a really tight points battle with uh, Cody Shock. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where those two end up. Because right now, him and Cody Shock are 15th and 16th in points. Now, Max Anstey, Adam Cincerello, and Dean Wilson are no longer probably going to be racing the rest of the season. Now, Justin Bull was also in this boat, too. So, Brandon Hartraft and Cody Shaw can go all the way to 11th place in points. So, that will be an interesting point if they can go all the way to that. But, back to Cody Shaw, great season for him. Um, you know, the one thing listening to Paul or any, anything else, I will give credit where credit's due. Outside of Cody Shock is way to go Michael Glenzie. Uh, starting that team during a pandemic must have been rough, but way to go Michael Lindsay. You've done a great job developing Cody, and you've done a great job even with uh, your 250 riders. And, you know, I, I, I just haven't heard your name at all during this whole thing, and that's been kind of... I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Cody Shock uh, sounds like Honda is going to give him a little bit more support next year. And uh, we'll have to see what happens on to the 2022 season. Uh, 17th place is Justin Rodball, Rodbell. Uh, slow start to the season, a few mechanical issues, but the results have gotten better throughout the rest of the season. Frederick Noren. Uh, is 18th place. Don't know what happened to him after um, Washugo. Uh, Ryan Surratt, 19th in uh, points. Way to go for him. Ben LeMay, 20th, getting better. And that is it for me in the uh, two, or sorry, uh, 450 class. As we are now going to move into the 250 class, as I. Uh, Pump up here. The 250 class has been extremely close all season. Uh, lots of mistakes that have probably should not have been made. And first up, uh, we have Jet Lawrence. Now, at some point, I know that during the uh, Supercross season, I probably should eat crow from some of my comments and tweets about, you know, Feld probably. Uh, you know, promoting him too much. But you know what? I, I get it. He's, the fans love him. And he, I, I just, uh, you, whenever the camera's on him, the fans just love him. The, the signs were, when people made signs for him, the donut signs, the jet, the jet makes me wet signs. It was insane. So the fans love him. It's not fake. It's authentic. And way to go for him. And his marketability is only going to go up when he wins the championship. And especially when he goes to the 450 class. Uh, God forbid anyone that actually goes up against him. Because uh, that fan base is honestly just growing. Uh, when, when you look at his season so far it actually has been up and down uh it's it's been quite confusing 
It started out well, especially with the early win on the year. Actually, he won the first race of the season going up against Jeremy Martin. And then we had this disgusting, what the hell is going on? Um, and then he started to get poor starts. I mean, when you look at actually his average start for this year, it is 6.8. And that's actually not that good. But uh, when you look at his moto wins, has been 6. And his overall wins have been 3. That's good. Uh, the one thing that has helped, but when you look at uh, the one thing that has helped him, though, has been Justin Cooper's confusing year. Uh, and let's just go to Justin Cooper because Justin Cooper has been the better qualifier. He's had the most hole shots combined out of everybody else. His average start is better. And he has led more laps than everybody. And I, But when it comes to moto wins and overall wins, Justin Cooper is losing. Um, Justin Cooper has crashed at Redbud. And then he crashed at uh, Washougal. Uh, at Melville, he was out front. And then he let Jeremy Martin beat him. And then he let Michael Mosman beat him. So I don't understand. Now, obviously, he has a sickness and maybe a thumb issue. So I don't know exactly what is going on with Justin Cooper. But he has cost himself a lot of points this season. And, you know, when I look at Justin Cooper outside of the... Uh, be, when, when, before this season and actually that, when I looked before this season the trend with Justin Cooper had always been he started strong and then ended weak this season has been it's just confusing because because he kind of had a um, some strong motos and weak motos so I, I don't know what's going on his Supercross season was kind of similar to this motocross season because some like there's some races where he started out like out front and he was amazing and then there were some weird races in the middle of the supercross season which that let McAdoo have some uh, McAdoo and Hunter Lawrence some life into the series so but the difference here with the motocross series is you've got Jet Lawrence who is better than McAdoo and Hunter Lawrence, where Jet will probably win this championship. And it just, I don't understand. I mean, Justin Cooper should be the 2021 Lucas Oil Pro Motocross champion. But because of multiple mistakes that he made, unless he wins the next four motos and Jet makes some mistakes, uh, Jet's going to win this championship. So, uh, outside of the top two, Hunter Lawrence is third in points. Uh, Hunter, um, understand he's a little hurt now. When it comes to Hunter, it's, um, I don't know, it's kind of a disappointing year. Uh, he's had, uh, I you don't know what to say about him because. Uh, when you watched him in 2019, he was leading motos against Adam. 
and you thought maybe he was going to be the next next big thing, and then injuries happened, and then he had a strong Supercross season this year, and then you thought maybe, hey, he was going to come out, and then this year has been kind of a, nah. He, he's had one overall win, but other than that, the last few races has, has not been good. His starts have definitely not been here. So it's been one of those things where I don't know what to do for, I, I, I don't know how to rank his season. He's going to finish third in points, so he does have that for him. He's going to get a solid uh, <laughs> national number, but it's just kind of a dis, very disappointing season for Hunter Lawrence. He's going to finish second. I, I, I hate to say it. He's going to finish second in Supercross and third in Outdoors. And it's disappointing, but I was, I was to me, I, I was actually going to be expecting more. Uh, fourth place is uh, Jeremy Martin. He's going to slide down just a little bit, maybe uh, fifth in points, possibly a little bit lower if uh, Joe Shimoda has a little bit better final couple of races. But with that said, Jeremy Martin will uh, win the second most overall wins on the season. So he wins uh, $150,000 right there. That will go well towards his retirement. But uh Jeremy Martin, disappointing. Probably should have won this championship outside of Jed or Justin Cooper. Uh, just tough for him, uh, obviously, with the wrist injury, shoulder injury, and now a broken arm. Hopefully, he gets that's all that stuff taken care of, so he's ready to go for... I'm assuming he's going to race the East in 22, so uh, ready to go uh, heal up Jeremy Martin. Uh, fifth place right now is RJ Hampshire. When it comes to Hampshire, it's another confusing season uh it'll be interesting to see if he's back with uh rockstar huskvarna uh hampshire is one of those years where one moto he could win and then the other moto he'll finish 13th from a crash we've seen multiple races this year where he just doesn't finish consistent it's it's all over the map so that's it's been uh, there was one race this year, I can't remember off the top of my head, where he crashed four times and he still almost won the moto. So that was that was rough. Uh, sixth place is Joe Shimoda. Uh, Joe had a great Indiana, but uh, the problem with Joe this year is his starts. His starts have been so bad. Uh, his average start is 14.1. That is the worst Average start in the top 10 in points. Actually, that is the worst start in the top 11 in points if you want to actually want to deep dive that one. But the only one worse in the top 15 in points is Dylan Schwartz, and he's on a Suzuki. So, and that's uh, cringeworthy. All right. Uh, Austin Forkner is 7 in points. He's been getting better. Uh, he's building himself back up after the... Just dreadful, dreadful. He, I mean, honestly, you know, he hasn't raced outdoors in two years. You know, when you really, really look at it, and people are going to say, you know, he should have been better. But, uh, you know, Cincerello didn't ride outdoors for, oh, God, three, four years. And, you know, he had that one year of just being off the pace. But you know what? And he came out that 2019 year. Now, you can say that didn't win that championship. And, you know, that 
propelled him to win that outdoor. But you know what? Maybe this, maybe just building year for Forkner will propel him for 2022. Uh, Julie Swope got injured at Indiana. Uh, had to have a shoulder put back in, but did win a race. Uh, outside of that one race, it's been it's been all right. I he just he's shown a little flash, but that's about it. Uh, Michael Moseman, uh, underwhelming to say the least, has shown some speed in some cases, but other than that, no. Uh, Max Volan, first race of the year. Had the whole shot and then had the bike problem. So uh, I am expecting him to win Hangtown now. I, I want to see him in Hangtown. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, Colt Nichols, uh, 11th place. Haven't seen him. He's been hurt. Uh, but when we have seen him, uh, disappointing. Uh, obviously, he did win that Supercross Championship and dominated that. But when it comes to this outdoors, I was actually expecting a lot more. And he hasn't. it's been MIA for him. Uh, Dylan Schwartz, 12th place in points, outstanding for him. Uh, it's I I would really love like PC to sign him. I'm on I'm on board for let's go PC sign this guy. But I understand that they already have five guys. But you know what? Uh, sorry, Yamaha already has like 8,000 guys. Come on, Mitch, sign Dylan. Uh, third thir- 13th place is uh, Carson Mumford. Uh, sorry, Carson Mumford. Uh, He's had a solid season. Uh, he's not on factory equipment, but uh, he's getting better every week. And plus he had that one whole shot and he was leading Washugal. Uh, Garrett Marchbanks is fourth, 14th place. Uh, he was diagnosed with Addison's disease. Uh, he's been out ever since. It will be interesting to see if he is going to return to racing anytime soon in 2022. Uh, 15th place is Jarrett Fry. I don't even know if he's going to be on a team next season. He has not even been in the same zip code as anybody else in life. Uh, 16th place is Ty Masterpool. He has had a great second half, well, basically ever since he's gotten to Bud's Creek. So, yeah, we'll have to see if he can finish Fox Raceway and Hangtown. Uh, great. Uh, Pierce Brown is 17th. Uh, he will miss the rest of the year. Joshua Veraz is 18th. Style Robinson is 19th. He will miss the rest of the season. And Levi Kitchen is in 20th place. Shout out to Alex Martin, who will miss out the rest of the year. And go Jerry Robin and Zach Williams. They are in 30th and 33rd place. They are both from Minnesota. This shout out to Jerry Robin and to Zach Williams. All right, that's it for the uh, just a um, quick roundup into the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Series. Uh, so here's what I am looking at. Uh, next week, I will review the um, sorry, I will go through the week one of the NFL schedule. And then, obviously, I will go through. So I want to do the. Obviously, I will go through the motocross and HRA. We're back podcasting now, but uh, we'll be on top of the NFL for sure. Try to get a motocross and HRA 
and anything else I could possibly do, the GPs. So obviously this is the uh, Lonely, Fa Lonely Fans podcast show by Josh Anderson. Uh, getting back to it, I appreciate everybody who listens. See ya.